Hello, hi, and welcome to the Women of Power show. My name is Laura Topper, and I'm here today with Reverend Laura Hallett. Reverend Laura, welcome to the Women of Power show. Thank you, thank you. It's great to be here with you. Isn't it great to connect from wherever we are in the world? Absolutely. Here we are in these little squares with a big conversation coming up here for the show today. Absolutely. It's, it's such a wonderful media that we have now that we can do it's this. It's fantastic. And I love technology and I love it that we're here and we're sharing to inspire you, the viewers. If you're here now or if you're watching a little later on, this broadcast is coming out live. And as always, the super guest... This week, Reverend Laura Hallett, we're talking about uh, empowerment, how we can use, tap into our power, what power really means, what being a woman of or being of power means, and how we can use this power for our greater good and for the collective's greater good. And Reverend Laura Hallett is an absolute, well, for me, an example of, of somebody that really is using this power. Um, Reverend Laura is a, is a religious science, science uh, minister, Center for Spiritual Living, senior minister of CSL um, Greater Las Vegas. And Reverend Laura holds her master's degree of education in uh, instructional and curricular studies. Re um, Reverend Laura was my teacher my mentor, my teacher, as I was journeying through ministerial education. Um, and I learned a lot from Reverend Laura, and she is a really is a professional educator and an author, an artist, an illustrator, a creative, and she's authored four books, which we're going to talk a little bit more about her, her writings and her creative projects. And Reverend Laura regularly speaks and conducts her workshops and leads spiritual retreats and teaches classes on meditation and transformational spirituality. And more recently has moved her whole center into a whole new incredible space, which sounds amazing because it's, it has something very, very special, very dynamic inlaid into the foundations of the, of the center. And we'll, we'll, uh, yeah, I'm really excited for you, Reverend Laura, with your move. Welcome here today. Thank, <laughs> Thank you so much. You know, it's, it's been such a, such a journey of um, transformation for our center to go from a an older building that needed lots of repair. It was, it was a historical building, you know, built as a religious science church back in the early '60s, and uh, it just it just became um, too much to upkeep. And uh, the university that we were uh, next to had been asking us to buy it for a long time. And so they made us one of those offers you can't refuse during the pandemic. And we sold it, which put us in a wonderful position to purchase a new building and have it constructed exactly to our needs mm. and uh, it's paid for in full. So we are, we're so thrilled with all of that. And um, you know, that little special thing that you talked about just a minute ago is an inlaid labyrinth that we had put into our sanctuary floor. And it has been one of the, the best things we could have ever done. The, the energy that is being created around the labyrinth experiences is just palpable. People walk in and they see it on the, you know, because our chairs are over it during our service time, but they see it and it's like, oh my God, I can't wait to come back. And so we do monthly labyrinth walks. And um, what's been really successful is doing walks around like the solstice and the equinox and things like that. So we're excited to be able to offer that to people too. Different ways of bringing people in 
for an experience that they might not have ever had before. And that's what I really love about um, when I when we talk and you share about your center and your vision is that this is a it's really open at the top. Your vision is open at the top, of course, and that's the nature and and of our philosophy of our teachings that we are, and and you're really embodying that because you want people to feel very comfortable with different kinds of spiritual practices and awarenesses um, that that may be not you know, may not fit in necessarily with a religious science practice or a, a modality. So it, yeah. it's very liberating what you're doing. It's really, really beautiful. Well, thank you. You know, it's, that is what, that's what transformed my life was um, to, ex to have the experience yes. of conscious connection with spirit, to yeah. have that experience of it. And that's what our, our whole, um, um, vision is for this year that our, our vision statement is transforming lives through the experience of connection, creativity, and love. And so it's, it's about having that experience because that's where we can sit and listen and we can hear everything and we can read books and we can do all yes. this intellectual stuff, which is fabulous, but it never makes us connect with spirit. It's not until we have the experience that we'll embody it when it, when it becomes alive inside of us, yes. when our lives are transformed. You know, and, and I'm the kind of person that loves all of those different modalities. You know, um, I, I try very hard not to um, um, uh, take somebody's um, practice and 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 um, distort it in any way that would be derogatory or, or detrimental to it. But it's about how I can use that practice in my life. What does it mean to me? Because if it comes alive inside of me, then there's something that happens there that changes the things that have happened for me. And so, you know, it's not it's not that about misappropriating anybody else's belief system, but it's about this is ancient wisdom. Yeah, this, is, this has been around for thousands of years and it has changed people's lives for thousands of years. What can yes. I do in mine? You know, how can I use it and have it change my life in a way that that opens me up more, you know, that whole open at the top thing. That's what, that's what I want to be. I mean, I just feel it sometimes in my body that it's just like, wow, I'm just expanding and exploding because I'm so excited about the things that we are doing here. So. And that's so, so um, vital what you've just said about, you know, we can read and read and read, which is amazing because I mean, I like you, I have, I love the experiential and that's how, that's what really shifted my life with the labyrinth walk in 2012. Mm -hmm. And since then I've read amazing books and which have really opened my heart. And sometimes in a book, there can be a sentence that's just like, Oh my gosh, this is, Oh, I had one the other day where I was reading a book by Lars, Lars Mool. And, um, and he, and he, the sentence was, um, I am at the beginning of the breath and God is at the other end of the breath. Oh my gosh. Oh, that yeah. just, however, wow. the experience of, of the creativity and the, the visceral experience mm -hmm. that happens with that embodiment, there's nothing that can, that's it for me. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's what it's all about. Right. You know, this kind of philosophy, this kind of belief system attracts intellectual people. And so we really get into the reading and the study yes. and the figuring it all out and seeing. Yeah. And I think sometimes we overlook the actual practice or overthink it or, overthink it. <laughs> yeah, you know, or, or think that, that, that the reading of it is the only practice that's involved there. You know, I, I love the work of some of the, the mystics where they, um, um, 
the Catholics call it lecto divino, where you're actually studying mm. something. You know, you're actually taking taking just that one passage and taking it deeper and going really into that deep dive with that one thing, like that sentence that you just spoke. Oh, Take yes. that really and, and into our meditation, our contemplation, our labyrinth walks, our different experiences. Take that one statement and just spend the time with that. I mean, I, I, I often study Joe Goldsmith and he would say, break it up into the single words. Right. And do or, or do a short phrase, you know. Yes. Uh, and, and what does that one phrase mean? Um, recently, we just did a, <clears throat> an experience on Rumi. And um, people were, were co commenting to me afterwards. It's like, these poems are just too complicated. I don't, I don't get it. I said, don't take the whole poem. No, it's too much. Take one, line. take one line. If one line is too much, take one phrase, you know, and, and take that in, you know. Um, the one, one Rumi quote uh, poem that I often use in, in, is, that, is that one that, and I kind of um, use it in my own words, but it's out beyond ideas of wrongdoing and right doing. There's an empty field. I'll meet you there. And when yes. souls lie down upon the grass, then words like you and I stop making any sense. Well, that's out of a really long poem. And the really long poem gets convoluted and, and distorted and you lose the meaning. But if you take those little bits of it and, um, and actually really begin to, to um, in, in live that, um, one of the practices I learned early on is, is called Passages Meditation. It's by Eknarth Eshwaran. And in there, he says, he says, start with the prayer of St. Francis, which even in itself to me is too long. But he says, you memorize the poem and then you take it and break it down into each one of these steps and take those steps in there. So for me, it's it's like, you know, Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. What does that, what does that mean for me? Yes. And then I spend, I spend more, certainly more than one meditation contemplating it. Often I spend a week or more. What does that mean for me? If I'm an instrument of peace, how is that showing up in my life? And taking those things and going deep with them, that really opens it up for us. And and, uh, and again, it integrates the whole intellectual part along with the, you know, it's it's what our founder did when he uh, studied all of his work. He, he would take different things and, and compare them and say, well, wait a second, this is the same truth that's in this one. So let me just focus on those golden threads of truth and leave all the dogma and the, and the um, the ways that other people think it should be practiced out of it, mm -hmm. and we find those golden threads and and focus on those and find what works for us individually. Mm -hmm. Because when we do that, we're not then following a set of instructions. It's a more of a, well, I've discovered this for myself, and this is the truth for me. This is what I believe, and this is how I can really empower myself by knowing it for myself. Absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm a former science teacher. And so the experiment is for me. Let yes. me play with this and see what I can do. Yes. Let me play with it. I, experiment. Oh yeah. I love them. You know, I just, um, I just uh, announced to my community, I'm, I'm doing an experiment um, on prosperity right now. And so I, I have regularly tied 10% to my center and that's, that's not been a problem. And I, and I really like that, but I thought, how can I, how can I challenge myself to expand that? Not just, not just give more, but challenge yeah. myself to expand that in a way that will 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 experiment with that idea that you can't outgive God, right? You know, and so uh, so I've added um, I've added ten percent to what I was giving, ten percent of that. Now I'm adding that at the end of every month, 
and I'm compounding it. And so I just want to see, I just want to play with it and see what I can do. And I, and I, and I told my congregation, I said, you know, let's join me with this if you'd like to, and let's just see what we can do. Let's see what happens to our financial well-being when we do this experiment to see how well we can now give God. That's so interesting. I had a, um, I had a talk by um, Edwin Gaines once when she said, actually, the tithe is more than 10%. In, this was her teaching that she's saying the tithe is 40%, but that would be too much for people to handle if I, if she was to teach that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, the, the other part I, I really like about it, and I, and I know I heard this with Edwin, she's been at our center like a three, I think three or four times since I've been there in over the 15 years. And um, it's all about that first fruits. It's about giving first yes. because giving first gives us faith. Um, Faith, yeah, it, 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 is a, it is a demonstration of the faith that we have in the principle and the faith that we have in spirit to provide everything that we need. And so I love that's what I love about it, you know, all this whole thing with auto-tithing now that we can do and things like that. When I first started doing it, I thought, oh, well, but wait a minute, I'm not consciously writing out a check here, so am I am I putting any thought into this? And then I, when, I, when I realized, oh, no, you're giving first fruits because it comes out before I ever have any – any way of distributing any way money you know yeah. so and also you made the the initial decision was the thought yes do it yes. yeah so now yes. it's not if uh, but i was i was arguing with myself this is too passive yes. you know this, right. this auto tithing thing is too passive i need to be more engaged in the process and it's like no you are totally engaged and you are showing your faith and your trust in the principles of the universe that we we are in abundance all the time and you and, you're uh, your center I and mean, your journey with your center feels to me like it is a it's very prosperously you're held and nourished i mean you you managed you know you've sold one center and you've moved to the next center and you had a journey with that with construction Absolutely. and there was a time last year i think when you were actually in the car park area on a sunday on yeah. sundays and yeah we, we had a period to get permits we had a, to get a special use permit because we're a church uh, religious organization and so we had to get a special use permit here in Clark County and it took us 10 months to get that and so uh it was a it was you know it was like are we ever going to get it you know because we'd already you know we sold the building in 2020 didn't buy a new one until 2021 2022 2022 when we bought our new one so that was a two-year process and then it was another 14 15 months before we could move into it and that's like the other, not that, not that there is another side to it, but the, the, the part of faith, isn't it? Where tithing, yes, first fruits, yes. And having that patience to know that the prosperous demonstration is unfolding. Yes. And sometimes or often we want it to happen now. We want every, the result to happen right here and now. Oh, well, I'm tithing. I'm doing this. I'm doing all of the right things. Why isn't the demonstration showing up right now? And the faith piece is the test, isn't it? For yes. me, I believe that's the piece of, can I be patient enough? Yes. And allow. <laughs> and can I be um, cognizant of when it does show up, but shows up in a way I didn't think it, it wasn't right. what I thought it should be. Yeah. You know, because it shows up in so many different ways. We, we do yeah. this experiment in my classes that we called unexpected good. And so I asked people to actually write down I, have, I give them little business cards they put in their wallets. Every single time that you receive anything, 
that mm-hmm. can, can have a financial uh, amount assigned to it, write that down because we don't always recognize it. Right. You know, somebody buys you a cup of coffee or, yes. or um, takes you to dinner or you get a coupon on a, off of something that you're going to buy anyway. Yes. You know, and if we start to recognize all of that, um, then then we're we're um, more aware of actually how it's coming in instead of the way that preconceived way that we think it should come in. Like, yes, my financial good should be a X number in, of percentage of increase in my salary. That should be my good. And and if I limit myself to that, then I've cut off a lot in my life. So it's like being aware of how it shows up. And do you think for you personally, I'm really interested in your your little bit about your story and background and how you came into what what it is about spirituality or what when it was that you you as you know as the beautiful you said that's it I I need to be a teacher of this or I need to learn more as a student of this. However, before we get to that, I just want to you think the labyrinth because the labyrinth is this meandering. Mm-hmm. You know, when I walk a labyrinth, I, I think I'm getting to the heart and I'm not. I'm really right out there. On, and then I turn a, turn a meander and I'm even further away. <laughs> but it looks like I should be right there in the middle. And that's kind of what we're saying, isn't it? That it's yes. never linear. It's always going to be these beautiful turns and twists. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I love the idea of um, that the labyrinth is a metaphor for our lives. So how yeah. you do the labyrinth is how you do your life. Yeah. You know, are you are you entering the labyrinth with the goal of getting to the center and getting back out? Or are you entering the labyrinth with the the goal of experiencing the journey? Yeah. Uh, how, how much of our life are we just waiting to get to that next point, next point, next point? As soon as we get to that next point, we move on. You know, we don't spend time. I encourage people when they walk the labyrinth to spend time in the center. Yes. Spend time actually in the center. I, you know, I really encourage slow walking. That's why I love love uh, group labyrinth walks because it forces you to walk normally. Yes. Um, I, and I tell people when they're in a group labyrinth walk, notice your experience. If somebody comes up behind you, what, what is your reaction to that? Because you're going to have a reaction. You're either going to step aside and let them move over, or you're going to try to increase your pace so that they're not held up. Um, you know, I, I encourage people to take care of themselves and not do that. Um, you know, me as a, historically a, a super people pleaser, I would do whatever I needed to do to make the other person comfortable, mm-hmm. even to the detriment of myself. And so um, I encourage people, you know, look at how you are acting while you're walking the labyrinth. Yes. If you walk up behind somebody and they are going too slow for you. Yes. What's going on inside of you? Are you annoyed? Yeah. You know, are you like, oh, I need to walk around them, but I don't want to do that because I don't want to disturb them. You know, what's going on inside of you as you are walking the labyrinth? And it's just, it's fascinating to um, yes. actually see that how much of that is how we do our lives. It really is so interesting, isn't it? And that whatever's happening also around during that labyrinth walk is such an, an incredible opportunity, right. the, the metaphor of, of life that, you know, if a bird starts tweeting uh-huh. or all of it, it, it's right. It's an amazing experience. Yeah, you know, are it, are you distracted by the visual things around you? Um, yes. We usually play a little bit of uh, meditative music, but I find that some people are like, I, I don't want the music. Yeah. You know, and um, I've I've actually told people, well, you know, you can get those head canceling 
those are sound canceling headphones. You might want to bring a pair of those and wear those. So because the, the music creates the ambiance, I think, for it. Um, personally, I don't, when I walk it myself, I don't have music on, but um, that's not because of anything other than I just don't bother to turn the music on. I love music, so it's not a problem. But um, yeah, so just again, watching what's happening around you and and um, using that as as a way of getting more awareness about what's going on inside of us, because that's, you know, that's what it's all about is figuring out what's what is in this for me in this experience for me? How is it showing up in me? How can I use it to to remove some of the things that have held me back during my life, the blockages, yeah. the fears, the doubts, the worries, the anger, whatever that is. How yeah. can I use this experience to help me transcend that? You know, um, and, and just that's, that that's your, because you, um, you are by nature, you're a high creative, aren't mm -hmm. you? I know you say you're a, an, a scientist and also an, as an artist. Yeah, definitely. That, you, that was one of the funniest things that to claim, to claim being an artist was one of the hardest things I ever did. I was, uh, I started doing the uh, mandalas that I draw um, uh, from um, little, I don't even have any with me right now, but little, um, I do them on a, on a three and a half inch tile. And um, people were like, oh, you've got to make a coloring book of this. You've got to have a coloring book. And I thought, well, that's okay, whatever. And so I um, you know, went to Amazon where you can create your own books. And I did that. But, you know, you have to write a bio to put on your book and to put on the Amazon website. And so I'm writing this. And I got to the point where it's like, I, I actually need to say that I'm the artist and the illustrator here. Mm. And it was such an internal struggle for me to claim that I was an artist. Um, I always considered myself to be very crafty. I love arts and I love crafts. I love doing all kinds of crafts. You know, I've done cake decorating, scrapbooking, crocheting, quilting, you name it. I've done it. Uh, you know, it's still one of my joys is, is to do my crafts. But to actually claim that I was an artist, because I never liked to draw and I never liked to paint or any of that stuff because I couldn't make it look the way I wanted it to. And this process that I discovered with the mandalas allowed me to do that, allowed me to make it something that I considered to be beautiful. And uh, um, so, but to claim that, that title of being an artist and an illustrator was very difficult for me to do that. And so now every time I see it written down or I hear somebody say she's an artist, I, I kind of chuckle to myself because I remember what I went through just to, just to make that statement. And isn't that, that's so beautiful that you did that. And because I think for me, well, I can't speak for anyone else other than me, it's not always easy to claim those parts of myself that mm -hmm. others might see me as. And we're trained, aren't we, to, you know, shut off from our creative gifts and talents mm -hmm. and the essence of the, the multifaceted essence of who we are. Right. We're trained to just go, oh, I'm this, and that's then the definition of me. And then other people may see me or you or as, diff you know, oh, mm -hmm. they're good at this. They can do this. She can do that. He, he can do that. Yeah. I, we, do you feel that, I mean, you're, it feels to me, this is so beautiful because it feels like you're the center that you are creating, that's already created, is offering people that really – deep opportunity to delve into the beauty of who they are mm -hmm. not only listening to a talk on a Sunday or whatever's happening in terms of 
you know, the healing modalities that you have, but it's also like, and let's really get to the depths of who you are right. and own that. You know, I said, said we have the small group ministries that we are doing. And one of them um, that I set up is called Soul Crafters. And it's, it's a, a monthly experience in some kind of craft or art. And um, so I, I've had, I don't, um, I've had, I think 18 people each time. I've done it, done it in January and did it in February. In January, we did my mandala workshop. And so I taught people how to draw my mandalas. In February, I love altars. And so um, yes, I, I brought in and set up four different altars and talked about how, what all the different elements. And then I gave everybody some air drying clay and we created our own altar object to place on our altar out of the clay. Cause I, I'm a, also a potter. I love doing pottery. Oh my gosh. So, um, you know, it was so fun and it was just, that was a great experience this month. Um, it's actually, um, this Saturday we're, um, doing what I've been working on this, um, last couple of weeks is, um, it's coloring, but it's coloring using different media. So, um, colored pencils, crayons, um, uh, markers, glitter pins, all kinds of stuff. So, oh, um, no. I've got a couple here I'd like to show you if you don't oh, mind. Oh, yes. So this is this is one I did yesterday. Ooh. Um, so it's Ooh. a it's a combination of my, like uh, pastels. Yes, yeah. So they're um, those um, Pigma pastel pins and so forth. And then you can't really see it on the computer, but there's all kinds of glitter embellishments in here. The sparkly gel pins. So that's one of them. I'm 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 into um, what I'm calling Dr. Seuss's garden. So it's like flowers. They're they're flowers, but they don't really. They're not oh. a flower that exists anywhere. So I've done a few. Otherworldly. Otherworldly flowers. Otherworldly yeah. flowers. Love There's it. Oh, one. beautiful. Anyway, that, that's what we're working. We're going to work on uh, this Saturday is um, how to do this coloring and blending the colors and using the different media and mixing it together and. Um, oh my! Are you doing this that. online as well? No, I haven't. I haven't got it online yet. Um, okay. But um, that is a good. Uh, that's a good idea. Um, one, if I if I do it online, everybody has to buy their own material and get have yeah. it available. I bring everything in. So um, okay, um, you know, it, it, depending on the thing, it's either a free event or if I had to buy a bunch of stuff, then I usually make a charge. But I, of course, I always encourage everyone to donate to our center because of it. But yes, but it's so much fun. We spend two hours on a Saturday morning once a month doing some kind of fun activity. And um, so they're, they're uh, it's really it's really a joy to to do that. And like I said, this is this is what lights me up is the creativity of it. So that's that's one of the things. And another way that we're exploring um spirituality is another group I've called, I'm calling it forever young, but it's a group about aging and aging as a spiritual practice. Yes. You know, oftentimes we have such a negative connotation about aging. In fact, as I was writing the name of the, um, trying to find a name for the group, um, I was going to do conscious aging or, you know, aging as a spiritual practice. And, and everybody that I was talking to about, oh, don't put the word aging in there. Don't Nobody's put the word. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, that just speaks to the whole problem. It just speaks to the whole problem. <laughs> Owning the world. So, <laughs> so, um, so we're having fun with that too. We uh, just sit around, whatever, you know, I, I'll do an, a meditation or bring, we have a question. Um, I bring in divination cards and we draw the cards and say, what is, what is this? How does this apply in my life right now? Mm. And um, so that's been kind of fun. Last uh, month's, the last cards we did were tree cards. And so it's like, how does this tree relate to me? So it was really kind of interesting to, to, um, 
to get the perspective on that. So it's I love hearing about what you're doing at your center. I love hearing about the ways that you're bringing creativity in and you're and you're really em, empowering people to to use creativity as a spiritual practice. That I'm yeah. sure most artists are so highly tuned into their own uh, spiritual nature anyway. And mm -hmm. it's like let's do it the other way around. Let's bring these beautiful scriptures and texts and quotes into the the creative process at the same time and really embody it mm -hmm. what is it reverend laura what what was it for you that when you what when was it and what was it that really kind of turned you on to spirituality as a student and then your journey into becoming a teacher the teacher that you are what so propelled I, you i i came to our to our center um as a favor to a friend, I, I was a computer specialist for a while in schools and they had a bookstore and um, they needed somebody to help set up the database. That was easy for me. So, so I started doing that. And when I got there, like I'm entering all this stuff into the database and it's like, okay, what is sage and what is smudging? I had no <laughs> idea. It was like, that was like a foreign concept. To I love that. <laughs> you know, being this computer geek, I get on, I Google it. What is smudging, you know? And then I find this stuff. And then, and then they had all these crystals and stones. And I've always loved stones in my life. And it's like, oh, wait a minute. This stone helps with that. And this stone helps with that. And so so I just got into the every aspect of what you could think of. I delved into it. And You were like in a sweetie shop. I was, you know. <laughs> and it was just sitting there on the computer. And it's like, I'm entering this word in there. And I'm like, I have no idea what this means. Why? Yeah. Why would anybody want this? You know, and um, and then my friends were going to teach a, a class called meditation and treatment. Well, I had no idea what treatment was, but I was very intrigued about meditation at that time. So I said, can I sit in on the class? And so I did. And so um, treatment is our form of prayer, our affirmative prayer, spiritual mind treatment, we call it. Um, and, and I'm in this class with these people. <laughs> I hadn't joined the church or anything. It's just I was there, you know, coming there periodically. And these people are are believing this process works. And I mean, I can hear it. I can hear the conviction in their voices. And I can, as they're talking about the effects that, that it has done for them, I thought, well, again, I'm a scientist. Let me yeah. experiment with it. And so at the time, I wasn't doing that well financially as far as, you know, I mean, I was okay, but it was, it, it was something I wanted to improve on. And so I thought, well, I'm going to take this treatment and I'm going to apply it to my financial situation and see what I can do. And so from a very logical perspective, it sounds very like logical perspective. and so I thought, okay, well, what's the first thing that I need to be able to do? Well, I need to be able to pay my bills on time. So in my treatment, in the, in the recognition realization stage, I put in the, the affirmation, I pay my bills on time. Well, Laura, would you know, it was like two weeks and all my bills were caught up. Oh, Wow. And it was like, I was, I was saying this, this treatment every day. And I was like, what okay. happened? Yeah. So, I mean, um, I, I don't mean in the, in the like, no, what happened? I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It was just physically what happened. Did you receive more money? Did no, you? No, I didn't. I didn't receive no. more money. It's just that, you know, I don't know. Things got cleared up and, and everything. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe it would have happened anyway. I don't know. I'd like to think it didn't. So I thought, well, let me see how I can expand this. So. I, ch I changed my statement to, I pay my bills on time and I have money left over. <laughs> Love it. What a nice concept, right? So, yeah. and you know, the next, next couple of weeks I looked at that and I had a, I had a, a nice balance. Everything was paid. And I had a little bit of a balance in my checking account. 
I thought, okay, well, what can I do? So they were also talking about the spiritual practice of, of conscious giving. And I thought, well, all right. <laughs> you know, I, I, when I attended churches in the past, it was like $5 was hard for me to give. It's like, mm. you know, think about 10% was just unheard of. And so I thought, okay, well, uh, let me change my statement to I, I pay my bills on time. I have money left over to support the causes I believe in. Mm. And I started very small. I started with that increment of like $20 a week because, like I said, $5 a week was really a stretch for me in the past. So I, I started with $20 a week. And I did that for a little while and then um, decided I, I decided to take continue taking classes. And I thought, you know what? This really worked. I'm showing benefits. Let me see if I can increase that. And so I, I jumped it up to like $75 a week, which was like not close to not not 10%, of course, but it was like that was a stretch for me. That felt like that was a big challenge. And um, I was getting ready to go on vacation. And I needed um, my I got paid twice a month. And so I was leaving on vacation like three or four days before my payday. And I thought, I think I'm going to hold this tithe check. It's already written out. I'm sitting in the car, in my, at the, in my car at the at church parking lot. I've already got the check written out. I think I'm just going to leave it in the car. That way, in case I need that $75 until I get paid while I'm on vacation, I'll have it. Okay. And so I left the check in the car and I got out and I started walking to the church. And I never, without any conscious thought, I turned around, went back to the car, got the check. And, and then I put it into the tithe that day. The next day I come home from work and there's a $2,000 check in, in my mailbox. Now I would have going to get the $2,000 anyway, but I didn't think I was going to get it for another four weeks because it was for money that I, I was getting for a, a class I was teaching for a university. And, but it, I had $2,000 extra spent on my vacation and that cemented, that cemented the belief in all of this, like, Oh my God, if I relax and I trust and I do this, look what opens up for me. Yes. You know, um, and you intuitively turned back and got the check. Never thought, never had a thought about it. I just like, Oh no, just go back. No, I can't have that thought that I don't have faith. I'm just going to go back and get it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, everything opened up after that. And then it was just one class after the other. And I had more experiences like that. Um, Finding this avenue of creativity really opened up because now I integrate my creativity with my spirituality. So my creativity is done as a meditative practice. Yes. It's, it's my morning. It's the morning. I, the time in the morning I give to myself. I, I have puppies. I get up very early. We're up at four o'clock in the morning. That's, it seems to be working really well for them. So, oh, <laughs> so sweet. That's beautiful. So at, at four in the morning, you know, we take care of our business and I get some coffee and we come in here into my office and I, and I do my practice and I'll spend a good 45 minutes to an hour drawing, coloring, meditating. Mm. You know, the dogs are doing their thing, playing and so forth. And, uh, um, it has opened up a place in me that is just so dynamic and so powerful. You know, um, I'm, I've recently been rereading Julia Cameron's book, um, the artist's way way. and Julia Cameron equates creativity with living power. That's what she calls it in the book. Creativity is living power. It's alive inside of us. And it is so powerful and so palpable. And it is such a dynamic force of um, inspiration, of motivation, of um, 
opening up ways of enlightenment that we didn't see before. I, I get so much out of just doing this art. And for me, it's a mindfulness practice because that action of my hand doing yes. something yes. takes me, it, it, it occupies my conscious thinking, which allows that space for intuition to come through. Rather than that, trying yeah. to work everything out all the time. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know, um, oftentimes I take a question into, um, my meditation uh and ask you know things whatever if it's if it's something that's um pressing on my mind i will um ask that question i um i often just ask the question what do i need to know today because mm. it's kind of an open-ended you know just spirit you know uh you know that's that whole speak father thy servant heareth kind of things like what do i need to know for for my day-to-day and just all kinds of stuff comes through i keep a a journal near me and I just write things down or sometimes I write it on the card. You know, like if I don't have my journal handy, I'll write it on the back of my, whatever I'm drawing on or, or doodling on at the time. I just put it on the back of there so that I capture it in the moment. But I have found more, um, more creative flow coming through and more ideas and more ways of doing things and clarity about things that I am doing through, um, through engaging in creativity, you know, um, one of my favorite books on creativity is big magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. And, yes. you know, she says that creative living is a, is a path for the brave. It's not for the, not for the weak of heart. Yes. You know, it takes a lot to put ourselves out there as a creative. Um, like I said, that whole claiming to be an artist for me was, I can't do that. I can't say I'm an artist, you know, and uh, it took bravery and courage to actually write those words down. And, you know, for me, that has opened up so much and uh, it's led to this happier life. I mean, it, I, you know, I used to, I, I was talking last night at, at, on our Wednesday service about um, shame and how we can release shame through uh, mindfulness. And as I was sitting there preparing for it, I was thinking, when was the last time I had a shame incident? Because that used to be a big uh, problem in my life. I would, I would have these uh, things that would trigger an embodied feeling of shame. Like it was like palpable within me. And, um, and I thought to myself, Oh my God, it's been, it's been at least 18 months since I had a shame triggered event. And I thought, wow, that that's, that's a big change. And then I thought back, well, look at the, what you've been doing for the last 18 months. Mm. Every single moment has been about some kind of creative expression, whether it's what we're doing at the center, um, the talks that I do um, twice a week, the I'm working, I'm currently working on two books um, so it's like, you know, exciting things are happening with, um, all of that. Um, I'm, I'm working on a labyrinth book and then I'm working on a book of, um, helping, uh, people teach spiritual classes, you know, like a creativity book, uh, uh not a creativity, a, a teaching book on how to do, uh, you know, tips and tricks for spiritual teachers kind of thing. So, uh, they're both in halfway in process right now. So, um. Oh my gosh, they, that sounds incredible. And are you using creativity for that? Oh, for that definitely. Well, yes. Definitely, finding it's, that time. It reminds me of, like, how can I be a child, that childlike, how can I tap into that childlike wonder and, you know, reduce the overthinking and the overanalyzing and the over-intellectualizing and come back into that place of, how can I have fun with this and enjoy it and be the vessel of creativity? Mm -hmm bring that really open my life up like fully 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 to creativity what would my home look like right 
my life look like? What would, like a, it would be a completely different experience. <laughs> I'd have art things everywhere. Oh, well, you know, that's funny. I don't even see the pictures. Oh, there they are over here, these pictures. So um, I just bought a new home. And um, I decided it, the only art that's going to be on the walls is something I've created or somebody yes. something that somebody I know has created. Yes. That's the only thing. That, so these are, these are pictures. They're, um, it's original art that I drew. <clears throat> then I put it in, I have a machine called a Cricut, which does all kinds of wonderful things. It's a great crafting thing. And I created um, vinyl labels, vinyl stickers out of it, put them on canvas and framed them. So that's in my, that's, that's the only art that's in my home is something either I've done it or somebody that I personally know has created. And so um, it's like, I'm not doing anything else. I'm not doing prints from, you know, that yes. I can buy in the store or anything like yes. that. It's going to be that's stuff it. that I have created. So it's creating, how can we create a life of self, like what does self-expression really mean? Mm -hmm. That I'm going to take that into my, into my meditation practice. What does self-expression really mean for me? Right. Um, and how can I live into the fullness of that? There's so many, so many ways that we can be creative. Like I said, every single thing. I mean, even as even the mundane things of like cooking and cleaning yes. and things like that. How can I be creative with it? How can I, yes. how can I bring some joy into it? How can I uh, liven this up and, uh, you know, make it part of my life as a positive experience and not, you know, a chore or a, ch a drudgery. You know, um, because we're all going through seeming challenges we're all going through to whatever degree we are there's all sorts of things that are going on in everybody's lives and um it's a choice isn't it what it we is. choose to focus on where we put our attention and how we can open up ourselves more to this cre beautiful creative essence of who we are mm -hmm. and uh oh i i wish your center was here <laughs> Oh, I wouldn't mind being back in England either. So <laughs> I lived there for three years when I was a child. So I did. Did. where were you? Where were you? Um, we were around London. My father was in the Air Force. So we lived in South Ryslip, Shelford, St. Peter and Crowley. Those were three. Crowley. Different, yeah. Three different areas that we lived. Oh, in. that's up the road from here. Crowley. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, lived in, we lived in a council house in Crawley. Oh, wow. Beautiful home. It was just so wonderful. It gave you a home. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. We, so uh, what's next for you, Reverend Laura? What do you think? Not that I want to go on to your what next, because you're actually, what you're now is what's next. It's like, <laughs> well, I, <laughs> I mean, I, how do you see this? Like, it's a movement that you're creating here. Yes, a, crea a creativity movement, a self-expression movement. It is, oh. and, I'm, and I'm integrating that into um, what I'm the work I'm doing at my center in in the way that the best ways that I can, any way that I think of anything that comes up. Um, if I can bring a creative experience into it, it's alive. It's a powerful, right. transformative force. And so, if I can bring that into that, you know, for me, this next two to three years in our center is a big experiment. We're going to see if we can make it work. You know. We, we were a thriving center before the pandemic. You know, we're down, we were down to about 35, 40 uh, regular attendees during the pandemic. And now we're back up to 70, 75. Yeah. So, um, that's only in about three months of being in our building. So wow. I'm, I'm thinking that something really powerful is going on here. And so it's just, for me, it's finding all those ways of um, getting people into our building so they can see what's here. And then they get that feeling of, oh, I want more of that. 
And so when they get that feeling of, I want more of that, or I want what she's having, you know, that kind of experience is like, okay, then we've got them. We've got them. And we, and, and I just think that as we transform ourselves and our community, then it just, it just moves out into the world. And it's just, that's the only way we can ever, you know, as we say at Centers for Spiritual Living, create a world that works for everyone. Mm. That's the way we can do it. So, um, you know, there's my staff. There you are. There's the center. Yeah. Staff, your staff. Yeah, we have beautiful. a we have a beautiful uh, group of people, and uh, you can find everything that we offer um, as far as services. Um, we do something every single day on YouTube. So we have meditations that our practitioners do um, on Sunday mornings. They're broadcast uh, twice a week. We have um, what we call spiritual soundscapes, which is from our music ministry and some of the beautiful music that they've produced. We have a phenomenal media specialist, Joe, who um, creates amazing video. One of our videos is um, one of our singers walking down the strip here in Las Vegas. Uh, oh, what's the song? Um, I can't remember which song it is, but it's, it's, a old, uh, it's an old um, pop song. And she's singing it as, as she's walking down the, the strip. Uh, by the, I think by the Bellagio or something like that. So it's just beautiful things. And we've got um, um, another one, another group of songs where they're um, out in our um, des beautiful desert landscape and singing out there. So just some beautiful music videos that are on there. And then um, I have uh, our Sunday service, our Wednesday service are broadcast live. And then, of course, they're always held. And um, I do this new thing called um, Keeping It Real on Thursday mornings, which is fun. Just a brief little talk there. So there's some of our things that are coming up here. So many things. I've just scrolled through, you know, the whole page here. And it's like, it's like one, it's like one amazing offering after another of classes and, and ways to get to know who we are yeah. through these practices. It's beautiful. Thank You're you. You're really opening up to the vision that's coming through you and, I was looking for a picture. I don't know if you have an image of your labyrinth on here. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I I know we I know we have a beautiful thing on YouTube, but um, well, our, our, our website is being recreated right now. It's the new one's yes. supposed to come out in two weeks, so she'll probably have that on there. But we have oh, our our media specialist Joe did a phenomenal job with the lights. So we have actually have a center light um you do with the blue light you, blue you light, shared, yes. shared it with yeah. me it's so beautiful it's like you're recreating shot well you're not recreating you're creating your own but it's this yeah. whole energy of the labyrinth on the floor of course and the chairs on on there and then you move uh -huh. them it's such a great um beautiful thing to do really yeah. powerful well i don't know if we, i don't know how well we can even see that well that's the dog sorry <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Let's remove oh, yeah. that. I don't know if you see that. There it is. That's um that's one of our labyrinths and 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 our stained glass that came from our original building, and um, um that one of our congregants made for us the stained glass windows that are just gorgeous and so yeah we have a you know a lovely experience at night. Um, oh, amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So I'm just going to put these up here. This is your website address so that people can, if, if you're um, for viewers, listeners, it's uh, if you're listening to this on a podcast, it's cslglv.org. YouTube 
is the same. Well, CSL GLV Media for YouTube. We are we are regretting the long name. <laughs> to tell you, it's a long name. <laughs> it's a long name. So, uh, but you know, we have three centers here in Southern Nevada. So, um, we have a Las Vegas Center for Spiritual Living and a Center for Spiritual Living Southern Nevada, and then us. So, and if you tap in Reverend Laura Hallett, you're going to get you're going to get the the right one <laughs> or the yeah, one that's referred to your center. Yeah, CSL Greater Las Vegas is your Facebook page. Um, and you show up live on these regularly with yes. everything you're doing at the center. So wherever we are in the world, we can tap in and um, and catch the energy and the message and the essence and the creative flow of of what you're offering in your in your center. Absolutely, yeah. It's it's such a it's such a great thing to be doing this work right now. It's a, it's a perfect. It's like you've tapped into something so different, and yet it's not. It's it's that maybe there's been such a focus on speaking it and listening to words and <laughs> that yeah, now it's about how can we really be it? Yeah, exactly. It? That's what came through in our visioning. We did a, we did a community visioning um, last November. I, I brought 35 people together and we did 15 visioning sessions. And what came through was it's about the experience. Yes. People are, are longing for the experience of connection with each other, with spirit, with their own inner knowing, all of that. They're, they are longing for connection. And so if we can find the ways to provide the experience of connection in their lives, then, then I think that's what's going to transform things. Incredible. I'm going to ask you or invite you to come onto the big screen. I'm gonna come out and share a message for a couple of minutes for anyone that's watching right now that might feel a little bit blocked creatively or um, not owning the fullness of who they are as, as the creative that they are. Would you share on that for a couple of minutes sure. to inspire? Sure. You know, Elizabeth Gilbert says that Creativity is living an amplified life. It's a bigger life. It's a happier life. It's more expansive. It's more filled with joy and love and peace and everything that we're longing for. So that when we find a way that we can silence our inner critic, because that's what holds us back, is that that little voice inside that says, oh, this isn't good enough. Nobody's going to like this. Find a way to silence that. And that's through our spiritual practices, prayer work. Um, if you if you're not comfortable doing prayer work for yourself, I can't overemphasize the power of asking for prayer. When we ask for prayer, we open up a space for spirit to rush in. So it's just simple. Like uh, if you want to go to our website, CSLGLV.org, and click on prayer request, you can do that, and you will get a, a spiritual mind treatment uh, written for you as well as all of our practitioners and ministers will hold you in consciousness for as long as you would like to have that prayer um, held in, in there. And there's such a huge power. Um, one of my people that I study says that when we take one step towards God, God takes a thousand steps towards us. And so asking for it. And even if you don't know what to ask for, just say, no truth for me. Just no truth for me in this moment because I can't know it for myself. And so opening up a way that we can silence the inner critic and find a way, an avenue, whatever it is. I mean, 
Play around. Find the things that you love. Find the things that bring you joy. It may be exercise. Find creative ways of doing your exercise. It may be cooking. Find the find new recipes to bring in or new techniques or go buy a new pot and find the different ways that you can actually begin to be creative in every avenue of your life. I know that it will it will create that expansive life that you're looking for. There is a big thing that's inside of us. I think of the creator as um, this, um, well, I like fat, happy Buddhas. And so I think of our creator as this big, fat, happy Buddha who's sitting up there and every time it creates something, every time it creates one of us, it just sits there and giggles in delight as that creation comes to life. And that's what I do when I, when I, when I create anything, I actually get this smile on my face that is just unstoppable because there is this energy about it. There's this uh, joy that happens with it. There's this way that we can become more of who we're meant to be by opening up to that spirit uh, and allow spirit to create through us. Spirit is creativity in action. And so let it be an action in your life. Let it be that place of power for you, that place of joy for you, that place of expression for you, because there's something magnificent inside of each one of us that's waiting to come out. And we just need to open out a way, open out a way for the imprisoned splendor to emerge. Thank you so much. Thank you for, for allowing me to be here tonight, today, Laura. Oh, Reverend Laura, thank you for your yes and for being here and, and allowing this show to come through today in the way it is. And it's here now for always. So it will be on YouTube. It will be on uh, on Reverend, uh, Reverend Laura's YouTube channel also and on a pod, on my podcast. So it'll be easy to find. And, um, and I'm just feeling really humbled and opened by this conversation. And I know that if I am, that means, you know, it will have sparked something in, in the viewers and listeners as well. So mm -hmm. thank you, Reverend Laura. Thank you. Thank you so much. Just, uh, thank you for providing this for the world. I mean, really, this is a great way for people to uh, connect with each other and, and learn something that they haven't necessarily thought of in that way. Yes, exactly. So and of course, Reverend Laura is writing in, contributing a wisdom writer in Divine CEO, which I'm very excited about. The magazine Divine CEO, which you can get through my website. It's a free subscription offering and it's always packed with beautiful articles from amazing teachers and experts and people who have um, walked the path and are walking the path to evolve and open up to to their own spiritual nature. And so, um, Reverend Laura, I'm excited by your articles. Thank you for being a part of the magazine. Thank you for providing that too. Great service for the world. It's brilliant, isn't it? It's really yes. it's fun. It's creative. And I know it's unfolding into different in different ways. It, it will unfold. And, um, and so there's the email address. No, the, the website address, lauratopper.com. And again, Reverend Laura, thank you for being here. And thank you. you are. And I look forward to you coming back and sharing again on the Women of Power show. I will be happy to. Thank you so Absolutely. much. <laughs> Bye for now, everybody. Bye. Thank you for joining. <laughs> Until next time. <laughs>